If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of 2 Timothy, the third chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We want to pray, be in prayer for Isaiah today. He rolled over in the night and said he heard a pop in his hip. He's in immense pain. They've got the pain under control, but he can't move. So we need to pray for him. Pray for Sister Donna Naren. She's self-diagnosed her own pneumonia. She's an RN, so she didn't use Google to do it. Amen. She needs a touch of the Holy Ghost. Pray for all those that are traveling. Amen. Amen. The Lord would keep his hand upon them. Pray for your pastor today. It's ministering. It's always, uh, it's always a different ball game when you're ministering outside your, your home pulpit. Trust me, I know. Amen. I'm here. So pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor's son. Amen. Amen. Lord, help us all today. <clears throat> what an honor to meet Essence today, guest of Beth Davis. We're so thankful you're here and to meet. Yeah, amen. Then to meet Andrew, guest of Dustin. Amen. We're so thankful you're here, Andrew. God bless you. Amen. And I'll tell you, church wouldn't be church if you didn't show up. Amen. The church really wouldn't be church if Jesus didn't show up. So I'm thankful that Jesus is in the house today. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Everybody say, shall come. Perilous is deadly or dangerous, destructive. Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Children, obey your parents. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Amen. And this whole list of things that the Apostle Paul has named is encompassed in verse number 5. The men that are lovers of their own selves, they are covetous, they are boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of them that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. All of these men would have a form of godliness. Amen. They would deny the power thereof. The Apostle Paul would admonish Timothy. He said, from those kind of people, you turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come. To the knowledge of truth. Amen. 
If this is not a description of our day, I do not know what is. Amen. We are living in the last days. These are dangerous times. And before we go any further, I want you to understand I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching fear of a physical persecution. Amen. Because I don't believe that these, I, I don't believe that the peril of these times is a physical peril. It's a spiritual peril. Because there's an allure to the church. When they look and they do not understand. Because the form looks so good. And they see these men that are proud and they're boasters and they're covetous and they're living any old way they want to live. And they have such a refined form of godliness. There is an allure to the apostolic church of the 21st century. And it is to embrace the form. Amen. To embrace the form of these worldly men. But they have denied the power of godliness. They will learn... And learn and learn. And they will never be able to come to the knowledge of truth. Amen. I want to simply preach today and strengthen the things that remain in the apostolic church. I want to preach the power. Amen. The power. I need help today. I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to pray that the Holy Ghost would move in a special way. God, I pray that you would anoint my lips to preach your Come on, let's have a prayer meeting right now. We're, we're just going to take some time and pray. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You can be seated. Amen. The Bible says that these men would have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Amen. The word form here is the Greek word morphosis, which literally in context means it uses the, the term mirror, a mere form or semblance. And it is, a, it is a negative connotation on the word form. And what it is, is a, it is an empty form. It is a, it is a semblance. It resembles a, 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 a godliness. It resembles something that should be, but it is devoid of 
substance. Amen. It, it looks right and, and, and maybe it, it sounds a little bit right, but for some reason it just doesn't feel right. There's, there's something missing in this form. Now the word godliness here is a reverence or respect. It is a piety toward God. Amen. And so what the, what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, he said, In the last days there is going to come a time, there is going to come a, a, a season, a, a group of men, they will rise up and, and their, their lifestyle will not be holy. They will be unthankful and they will be unholy and they will be proud and they will be boasters and they will be covetous and they will be all kinds of ungodly things. But they will have a form of godliness. They will have formed something that looks really akin, if I can say, to the apostolic church. Amen. And, 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 and even though when it strikes the eye, it appears to be what we know. The fact of the matter is that it is simply a shell. It is, a, it is an empty shell of what the church was designed to be. It is, a, it is a reverence and a respect toward God that looks much like what you may be accustomed to. But the fact of the matter is that it's just words. The Bible would say in the book of Isaiah of the Pharisees in Jesus' day, it would say they draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And Jesus would rebuke them and say, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said you would draw nigh unto God with your lips and your heart would be far from him. If that has ever been the case, it is the case today. I have been with people and they talk a beautiful game when it comes to the things of God but you get alone with them and they're the most filthy rotten people you'd ever imagine I'm here to preach to the apostolic church it's time for us to get a hold of the power of what we believe it is in the name of Jesus it's not just enough to have a form of godliness to have a building that looks like a church and has a steeple and the pulpit's just right and the air's just right and the music is just right and the singers are just right and my God they're moving like us and they sound like well that's just a form let me tell you something you gotta hold on to the power of godliness it's not just enough to have what looks right you gotta have the power The power of godliness is not just a little bit more volume to the bass player and the drummer and the beat being just right. The power of godliness is not an energetic little whatever you want to call it that, that gets your feet to move just right. That is not the power of godliness. The power of godliness is when there can be no music and no movement and no singing and people fall to their knees because the spirit is so powerful in the place. Let me tell you something. I want more than a form of Godliness! I want the power! In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. But I fear we've gone so long, and I'm not talking about this church, and I'm not even talking about the apostolic church at large. I'm talking about the Christian 
culture from from the 300s all the way till now it has gone so far and it has been so refined that people feel they, they feel a passion for the form and and we've learned how to get the lights just right and the smoke just right and we've learned how to get the singers just right and the musicians just right and we've even learned how to get the worshipers just right amen and and if you ain't got it on the pew they'll bring them up on the platform they call them praise dancers amen why because we got to get the worship form just right let me tell you something it wasn't pretty on the day of pentecost when the holy ghost fell they said what's wrong with these people these people are drunk what were they feeling they were feeling the power not the form in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus name of jesus in the name of jesus amen and there's a there is an enamor and an allure. And I, I, didn't come to, I didn't come to wage war on anybody or, or any, any church or any denomination. That's not why I'm here today. I'm here simply to strengthen the things that remain in the apostolic church. Amen. And, and I have watched, I have watched apostolic people. Amen. I've watched apostolic people that begin with such a heart for the power of God. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is that they get so involved in the form that they focus more on the form than on the power. And then because they lose the power and you still need that energy and that passion. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's easier to get the lights just right and the movement just right than it is to spend two, three, four hours in a prayer meeting and get the power just right. Amen. And so they, they've traded off the real for a fake excuse that somebody can run from a media board or, or a soundboard. Amen. And, and I've watched good apostolics. They've fallen away from the things of God because they get caught up in the form of godliness that the world has embraced. And I'm just going, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the world has always been better at the form than the true church was. But the world has never been able to have competition with the church in terms of power. Let me tell you something, church. God never intended for the apostolic church. I, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this but I feel it in the Holy Ghost God never intended for the apostolic church to be on the cutting edge of production or programming he intended for the apostolic church to be on the cutting edge of power feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let me ask you a question. Whoever got healed of cancer by the lights being just right and the smoke being just right. But Sister Pate, where's that spot on your lungs? Where did it go? It had to leave by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I, I'm not trying to bring any glory to me. I'm a, I'm a bag of dust. Amen. But I'll just go ahead and tell you down in Amity, we ain't got enough money to get the lights that all these people have. And, and if we did, we wouldn't spend it on the lights. We'd spend it on a new building. Amen. Amen. And, and, and so we ain't got the lights just right. And they got old Darren Motes on the piano. And we didn't even have a drummer when this happened. And so they just had Darren Motes on the piano. And, and Sister Madison Motes singing. Now she's as good as it gets. But old Darren Motes on the piano ain't as good as it gets. And we ain't got the lights just right. We didn't even have dimming lights at that time. We had the long, old, round bulbs. Amen. And you just had to turn them on and turn them off. People would be getting into altar call. And, and, and the usher would go back there. And they'd be a worshiping. And they'd turn the lights off. And it'd be so abrasive. 
grace of everybody quit praying. Amen. We didn't have good lights and we didn't have good smoke and we didn't have good form. But I tell you what, we had good power. Amen. We had good power. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I remember a night a precious saint of God. Donna Naren, she came in and she's had relatives die of a specific cancer in the liver. And she came to me. She said, Brother Motes, I haven't even told my family because I don't want their doubt. She said, I don't want them to be afraid. She said, I, they found a spot on my liver and I know that it's cancer. She said, but I believe that God is going to heal me. And so, so, and so on a Tuesday night, a young man that I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I, I was I was reaching for my dad. Dad, I need you to pray with me for Sister Donna. Amen. Let me tell you something. Just because you don't have confidence in your personal power, don't mean that God can't use you to do something special. Don't don't get involved in the farm. Get involved in a prayer meeting underneath the pew late in the night when it's just you and God, and get connected to the power. Oh, God. And so I, I told her, I said, we're going to anoint you all. Why? Because that's what the Bible says to do. It says, is there any sick among you? Amen. Gather the elders and let them anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Amen. And so Sister Donna came in and we anointed her with oil. And we began to pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We began to pray in the name of Jesus. And a couple of months later, I was driving down the road. And she called me. She said, Brother Motes, I still haven't heard from the doctor. They had done some scan. And I said, I'll tell you why you haven't heard from the doctor. Because they can't find anything to talk about in the name of Jesus in the oh in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus and she told me about a week later she said brother most they called me and they said Mrs. Naren we can't figure out what's going on but we can't find that spot that we found on your liver no you can't sir and you can't ma'am because the power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's a, there's a push in our world for refined, programmed, produced church. Amen. You find me in the book of Acts where they had programmed church. Amen. I'll tell you what they did have, though. They had so much power that when Peter walked past people and his shadow touched them, they were healed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They didn't have the money to put on a good show. Well, Brother Motes, how do you know that? The whole church got together. I'll tell you how I know that. Because the Bible says that Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there was, a, there was a man there. There was, he was impotent. He, he, was, he was paralyzed. He was crippled. And he, he began to ask him for money. Lord, have mercy. Let me tell you something about asking an apostolic for money. You're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Amen. Peter looked at him. 
And Peter understood. He thinks that he needs money from me. He didn't even know I ain't got no money. Amen. He said, silver and gold have I. Just a little bit. A couple pennies rubbed together. No, he said, I ain't got none. Amen. Silver and gold have I none. But that don't mean that I'm empty. He said, because such as I have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus. And that man came off that ground and he began to leap and dance and praise God. Honey, you don't need an alms. You don't need a handout. You need the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, well, I've got the name of Jesus just like you do, said the Trinitarian. Amen. No, you don't have the name of Jesus like I do. You may have a revelation of its power to perform miracles. Let's go to the Gospels, though. Jesus said at the last day, there will be many that come to me and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many mighty miracles in thy name? We figured out how to invoke the name to get the miracle. And and we've seen devils cast out. We figured out how to invoke the name to to, to find deliverance. Amen. And, And the man was performing miracles. The disciples began to rebuke him. And Jesus acknowledges he did a miracle in my name. Amen. He didn't even follow Jesus. Amen. They figured out how to invoke the name Jesus. And it's got power. But honey, you don't have it like I have it. Because I got it. I got it stapled onto me when I went under the water in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Did you know part of the power of our godliness is that we have inherited the name of Jesus? It's not just something we know how to use, it's something that has become who we are. Amen. I'm so glad that I wasn't confused about how to get baptized in a Trinitarian title formula. But no, they understood. I've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you what you don't have that I have if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. You may be able to see healings in his name. You may be able to see miracles in his name. You may be able to see deliverance in his name. But I tell you what I got. I got remission of sins in his name amen and if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus uh, honey let me tell you something if you want to get rid of the sin that you would have to pay for with your eternal soul for all have sinned come short of the glory of God amen the wages of sin is death you gotta die when you're paying for your sin but I'm so thankful that Peter stood up and he said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission
remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful that that. Name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't want to pay for your own sins. You don't want to pay for your own sins. I was talking to a young man in, in Amity. He was, he was knocking doors. And uh, he was witnessing for the Seventh-day Adventist church. And he made the mistake of coming to my door. And, uh, and so, I mean, if I get a chance to witness, I'm a witness, you know. And so... So, I, uh, as a matter of fact, he didn't make it to my door. I met him in the parking lot. <laughs> Amen. He might would have skipped my door, but I made sure I got him. And so, I came up to him, and, and, and he, it, was a, it was a young man, young lady. And, and, and he, he began to, I asked him, I said, what you got there? I knew what he had. He had those books, you know, that they, they pass out about the end times. And he began to, to give me his spiel about uh, the, you know, the end times and the, the, all these things, you know, and, and so when he finished, I said, I just got one question. Who is, who is Jesus to you? He said, well, he's, a, he's, he's the Son of God, and, and he's, a, he's a part of the Trinity. I said, is he now? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's get into this Trinity business. Amen. And so I, uh, I asked him, I said, okay, so, so, so who is he in the Trinity? He said, well, he's the, he's the Son. Okay, all right, well, let's go to Isaiah 9 and 6. Amen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Son, who is this talking about? He said it's talking about Jesus. Yes, it is. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, oh yeah, that's, that's easy to explain. Okay, explain it to me then. He said, so, so Jesus is, uh, he's, he's, he's God and he's like God, but he's not, he's not the Father God. He's, he's the, the, the Son God. Okay? I said, so do you believe in more than one God? He said, oh no. Oh no. Okay? So I said, so you believe uh, as, as most Trinitarian theologians would, would present to us, that there are three persons in a one God. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I believe. Yeah, three persons in one God. Okay, well, then let's go to the book of Hebrews. Amen. Who? This is speaking of Christ. Who? Being the brightness of His, God's glory. And the express image of His, God's person. I said, son, how many persons does the Bible say there are in God? <laughs> Amen. Well, okay, let's go through it again. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. If I tell you go get that person, how many persons am I talking about? One person. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I ran across something interesting last night in study. The Bible 
when it, the, the word power here, but denying the power thereof, is the Greek word dunamis, which is the same Greek word that's used in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus said, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. He said they'd have all this and they'd deny the dunamis of it. Amen. And you get dunamis when you get the Holy Ghost. And, and so, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Denying the power thereof. But there's, there's a word. There's a word. Power. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. Jesus stood and he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This is not the Greek word dunamis. Amen. This is a different Greek word. And it's the same Greek word used in Acts chapter 1 verse 7. Where they ask you know, what are the times and the seasons and all these things? When's the, when's the kingdom going to be restored to Israel? And he said, he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. He said, which the Father hath put in his own power. It's, it's this Greek word that literally means rule or authority. Amen. And so Jesus stands in Matthew 28, 18. Lord, help me to preach this right now. Amen. And he says, all power, not dunamis, not dunamis. Amen. He says all power, all authority, all government, all rule is given unto me. Get this, in heaven and in earth. Did you know that Jesus Christ is the ruler of heaven? Amen. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. How can the ruler whose will and command must be obeyed be the second person in submission to a first person that's a father? He's got all authority. Have you ever heard somebody pray like this? It's, it's, a, it's a good a good Trinitarian prayer. They say, Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, do such and such. You ever heard anybody pray that? I've heard them pray it a bunch of times. Did you just realize that they spoke to the first person and made him move by the authority of the second person in their own doctrine? I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for the revelation that in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. If there's a power out there, Jesus is the head of it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So there was a name of God in the Old Testament. It was a name so sacred and holy that the Jews would not even speak it. They only 
They wouldn't even write it with the vowels. They only used the consonants of it. And so, I guess over centuries and centuries, they, they literally, because of not speaking it and not even writing it, they, they lost what vowels would be in what they call the tetragrammaton. Is that what it's called? Tetragram? Tetragrammaton? And so, so there is this, that some, people, some people call it Yahweh. Some people call it Jehovah. But it was the sacred, holy name of the Father of the Old Testament. The God, the overarching spirit of the Old Testament. Amen. And when Jesus was born, the angel commanded, or when he, when he was conceived in the prophecy, he was, he was, it was commanded to Mary that he would be named Jesus. Amen. Which literally means... It, it, is a, it is a contraction that means Jehovah is salvation. Amen. This is why when Jesus stood in John chapter 5, he said, I am come in my Father's name. I didn't get it of myself. I'm come in my Father's name. He said, if somebody else comes in their own name, you'll receive them. He said, I've come in my Father's name. Jesus, Jehovah, it's become salvation. Amen. I am come in my Father's name. His name was Jesus. Amen. So right there, we got, y'all ready? We got two names. Or two. We, we, we've got Jesus and Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And, and so... Then in, in, in the book of John, chapter 14, Jesus would say, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name. And so if his name is Jesus, and he said, I came in my Father's name. What's the Father's name? Come on, help me. What's the Father's name? Amen. Oh, Jesus, help us. Amen. And if he said, the Holy Ghost is coming in my name, then what's the name of the Holy Ghost? It's Jesus. And so, when Jesus stands and he said, all power, I've got all authority and rule and government in heaven and in earth. And so I want you to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. There's no S on the end of name. There's one name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I've heard so many people say, well, I I ain't going to do what Peter said. I'm going to do what Jesus said. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, you ain't the only one who wants to do what Jesus said. Because Peter and the other ten disciples, apostles at that point, are standing there, and Jesus said, hey, let me tell you something. I'm the ruler of this deal. You're going to baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You ain't the only one that wanted to do what Jesus said. Peter wanted to do what Jesus said because he understood. The governor just told me I have to baptize like So you think Peter got to fill in his Wheaties on the day of Pentecost? He got in the spirit like some apostolics and they got to fill in too, too big for their britches? Amen. 
and say, well, I know what Jesus said in in the book of Matthew, but I I just, you know, I decided I'm going to do it my own way. No. The governor told Peter, this is how you baptize. The difference between you and Peter today is that Peter had a revelation of what he was saying, and you have not yet got the revelation. But I pray today that the revelation of the name of Jesus would fall in this house, and you would understand that when when, when Peter stood in the book of Acts, the second chapter in the 38th verse, and he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to understand he wasn't out of line. He was in line and he was connected and he was, he understood this is what the name is. Amen. Now let's go even further. If you feel like that the sacred name of the I am of the Old Testament And the contraction, Jesus, Jehovah, has become salvation. Are two different names. And the name of Jesus didn't satisfy the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in Matthew 28, 19. If you believe that it wouldn't have satisfied it in 19, I'll go ahead and tell you. It did because the governor in 18 said it did. Amen. He said, I've got the authority, and there's one name, and it's the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And it's Je- we know he was talking about Jesus because in the book of Luke, it said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Christ's name. Now, who's the Christ? Oh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, why is there so much confusion in our world today about how to be baptized? Why, why will people pray over their food in the name of Jesus? And they'll, they'll pray over their, their family in the name of Jesus. They'll pray for miracles in the name of Jesus. They'll pray for healing in the name of Jesus. They'll pray deliverance in the name of Jesus. They'll pray blessing in the name of Jesus. They'll pray anything in the name of Jesus, but they won't baptize in the name of Jesus. Now, why is that? Because Satan knew the only confusion he had to sow was the confusion that would keep you from getting your sins washed away and you'd still be lost. Let me tell you something. Hell don't care if your cancer leaves. It cares if your sin leaves. It don't care if somebody prays over you in the name of Jesus and you feel little doodads. It cares if you get in the tank in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there's a spirit of confusion. Hell has tried to infiltrate the Christianity, Christendom, our world. Amen. Let me tell you something. The Bible in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. When Peter is answering the story, the, the, the Pharisees in the story I told you, when he's healed the impotent man and, and, and the crowd is going nuts and the Pharisees are mad and they bring them in before the high priest and they begin to question him. He said, if you're wondering how it was done, it was done in the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, this man stands before you whole. He didn't stop there though. He said, this is the stone that was set at naught of you builders. Amen. Amen. Oh, in the name of Jesus. He said, neither 
is there salvation in any. This ain't just about healing. And this ain't just about miracles. And this ain't just about deliverance. This is about getting saved. Amen. He said there's not salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must. Everybody shout must. We must be saved. You gotta be saved by the name of Jesus. Amen. And so to further satisfy, Lord, I'm just meddling right now. God help me, Lord. To further satisfy this, this confusion in Christendom. Had a man tell me the other day, he was, he visited my church and he told me, he, he knows that I baptize in the name of Jesus. And he said he was watching somebody on TV, somebody baptizing somebody. And he said, he said, brother, I think he's getting the revelation. He said, when he baptized them, he said, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, the precious name of Jesus, and baptized them. He said, I think he's getting it. I'll tell you what he's got. He's got the same spirit as the seven sons of Sceva. They said, I adjure thee by Jesus that Paul preaches to get out of let me tell you something, there ain't no devils leaving when you ain't got a revelation about who Jesus is. Oh, God. When you understand that he was the Passover lamb. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. Yes, he shed his blood for the sins of the whole world. Amen. But it's not applied until you go down in the name of Jesus. Amen. God help us. The Passover. Moses would tell them to kill the Passover lamb. He told them how to cook it. He told them all these things. Then he said, you take that blood. And you take hyssop. And you strike it on the side post and on the lintel of your door. Amen. It's not good enough just for the lamb to shed his blood. you got to know how to apply it. Amen. Oh. oh, in the name of Jesus. And we are buried with him in baptism. Amen. Oh, sir, ma'am, if you've never gone down in the lovely name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, let me tell you today, Peter had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 16, you go read it yourself. He's given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever, all, all these things. Amen. And he stood on the day of Pentecost and he said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is the New Testament plan of salvation. Amen. Now, today, the church preaches a, a message something like, repeat and accept. Amen. You can be baptized if you want to. That's not, that's not how Jesus 
told the disciples and the apostles to preach it. Amen. Let me tell you how you get saved today. You repent. Repentance is an acknowledgement of the sin that you've committed in your life. Amen. It is, a, it is an acknowledgement. God, I ain't been living right. And I need to change. Amen. There is, there is a brokenness that comes with repentance. You cannot be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed to cry unto the Lord. For He is near to those that be of a broken heart. And of a contrite spirit. Amen. You repent of your sins. And about 95% of the time, you go to Acts chapter 10, about 95, 98% of the time when a Gentile truly repents of their sins, we're all Gentiles here today. The Lord will fill them with the Holy Ghost while they're repenting. Now what does that show us? That shows us that baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost are two definite and separate experiences. Amen. You may get the Holy Ghost while you're in the baptismal tank. But just because you were baptized didn't give you the Holy Ghost. Amen. They are separate and definite experiences. And the way, so the way we know you got baptized in Jesus' name is that somebody baptized you. You can't baptize yourself in the name of Jesus. Somebody baptized you. There's a witness there. Amen. The way you know you got the Holy Ghost though. According to John chapter 3, Jesus said, The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof. The, the, the Greek word there for sound is phone. It's like phonics. It's a language. He said, So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. Every single person that's born of the Spirit will speak in tongues. That's not my opinion. That's Jesus's. Amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared on them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It wasn't some of them. It was all of them. I want to talk to the church for just a moment. Church, don't ever get tired of hearing this preaching. I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. Don't ever get tired of hearing this preaching. You may have experienced it 150 times or a thousand times in your life, but still don't get tired of this preaching. And let me tell you why. Because this is the power that was denied by people that just have form. And so when you come in and, and you just you feel like sitting down on a Sunday morning and just experiencing some form, and the preacher starts preaching the power, don't you sit down on the I'm not the pastor here, so I can preach this. Amen. Don't you sit down on your pastor when he starts preaching. Acts 2. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Acts chapter 2. They all spoke with tongues. Well, 
Brother Motes, that's because there were so many nations there that God had to give them tongues so that they could witness to these, these diverse nations that were there. It was like 13 or 16 nations or something. Oh, Lord, help me. First of all, only one preacher preached to all the nations. And he didn't preach the message in 13 different languages. Let me tell you something. The sign of them hearing them speak in their own language was so that they would know something supernatural is happening. But they all understood Greek. That's why one man stood up and preached in one language. Amen. And so if, if that was the case, if that were the case, that the tongues were only for the, the, the perpetuation of the message on the day of Pentecost, then why in Acts chapter 8 did the Samaritans speak with tongues when they got the Holy Ghost? Because they were all from Samaria. Why in Acts chapter 10 did the Gentiles speak in tongues? And they were all the same family. Cornelius, he got his household and his family together. It was just his family and the people that lived in his house. So why did they have to speak with tongues? I'll tell you why they spoke with tongues. Because it is the evidence of the infilling of an invisible spirit. If you didn't speak with tongues, you wouldn't know you got it. God gave you an evidence to know because when you get it, the devil's going to creep in and say, well, that was just some emotions that you were feeling. But I'll tell you what, you can't speak in another language by yourself. You can't speak in a heavenly language of your own power and accord. And so what you do when the devil comes telling you, you ain't got it, you tell him, I know I got it. God gave me the evidence that I got it. Now let's narrow it down even further. We went from however many nations to one city to one house to one family. Acts chapter 19, the disciples of John. Let's make a distinction here. The disciples of John were all Jewish. They all spoke Hebrew and probably Greek. Most likely, and possibly Aramaic. The Apostle Paul was a Hebrew. He was Jewish. We know he spoke Hebrew because when he witnessed, as he's being accused, he settles the crowd and begins to speak to them in Hebrew. So we know they spoke the same language. And he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, Johnny across the town told me in 2016 that when I believed and accepted, I got the Spirit. Well, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, in the Bible, asked him, have you got the Holy Ghost since you believed. Amen. So believing and the infilling of the Holy Ghost are two separate and definite experiences. Amen. 
have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we ain't even heard of the Holy Ghost. There's probably people here today that are like, I don't, I, I thought I had whatever he's talking about. Amen. We've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Amen. And so he, he, began, to, he began to preach to them. He said, unto what then were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. This is important. Let's stop right here. If you've been baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, there is biblical precedent that you still need to be baptized right in the name of Jesus. So John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying that you should believe on the one that should come after him. That is on Jesus. And so they were baptized in the name of Jesus. It was that simple. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's get it right. Baptized in the name of Jesus. They come out of the water. What happens? Paul lays his hands on them. And they receive the Holy Ghost. How did they know they got it? Because they spoke with tongues. Amen. In Acts chapter 10. The Jews were so shocked that the Gentiles had got the Holy Ghost. They could not believe that God had poured His Spirit out upon the Gentiles. Of all the filthy, rotten flesh, God poured His Spirit out upon the Gentiles. But how did they know that that had happened? I'll just go ahead and tell you. They never believed it would happen. But the way they knew that it happened... They said, can, can any man forbid water? Which, you know, these have received the Holy Ghost as well as we, for we heard them speak with tongues. I never in a million years thought, oh, so-and-so would get the Holy Ghost. But it's undeniable because I hear him speaking in tongues. Jesus, Jesus, amen. It, it, it could go on and on and on. I don't have time. It could go on and on. But these are the two most basic principles of the power of godliness that have been denied in our day. Jesus' name, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The spirit and the name have been denied for probably the past 1,700 years. They have burned people at the stake for confessing and baptizing in the name of Jesus. Amen. What did Jesus say? He would say, you will be hated of all men. Not because you go to church. Not because you wear a suit. Not because of your... Listen, you ain't even be hated for your holiness. If you get persecuted as an apostolic Christian out in the world and you think it's because of how you're dressed, you are sadly mistaken. Because nobody's persecuting the Mennonites. That, I, I just feel this in the Holy Ghost. That's the devil trying to wear at your love for holiness. That's not why you're being persecuted. 
He said, you're going to be hated because of my name. There's people dressed like you all over the place and nobody says anything. So when, when, you, when you run into a foul spirit in the town and somebody says something or, or makes a rude remark, don't you go to thinking it's because, you know, oh, pastor makes me wear this. He don't make you wear nothing. He preaches holiness and separation. And that's not even why they're hating you. They're hating you because you have the name. You'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. Amen. They don't hate you for your holiness. They don't hate you for your church attendance. The devil don't hate you for almost anything you do. He hates you because you haven't gotten rid of the name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why he hates you. Amen. But you know what? It's the power. It's the power. It's the power. There's power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says I'm almost done preaching. It doesn't say that. I'm almost done preaching. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says in, in the epistles, Paul makes a statement, and, and, and it's something to the effect of, I thank the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in earth and heaven is named. Amen. The family of God is named after God. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm a, this is going to be real elementary. The Lord gave this to me in prayer meeting. Amen. My wife is beautiful. She is wonderful. And I definitely married up. Amen. We dated for, what did we date? A year. We were engaged for six months. And boy, we was in love. I'm telling you, we were. We still are. Amen. Because that's how marriage is supposed to be. Amen. You ought not be more in love when you get married than after you've been married. If that's the case, you need to change how you're living with the person you're married to. Amen. How you, well, how you act. Amen. We were, we were in love, and, and it was wonderful. And she loved. Darren Motes. Amen. 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 But her name was Madison Dillon. Oh, yeah, I'm about to preach to you. Amen. Boy, we talk on the phone. Sister Essence, this is my wife right here, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, she, yeah amen. This is who I'm talking about. Amen. The, and, and we were in love, and, and, and boy, we'd talk on the phone, and, and we'd go all the special places. We'd go, man, I never ate so much ice cream in my life. We'd go to every, every ice cream place you can imagine. We'd go, amen, yeah, Brother Eric, amen, amen. That's what I'm talking about. And, and we, would, we would walk together, and we would talk together, and we were so in love. But she still didn't have my name. Amen. And as a matter of fact, I probably would have been very negatively affected if she had told me before we got married, I'll marry you, but I'm going to keep my name. Why? Sister, we're trying to perpetuate a name here. Amen. The, the, the name. Amen. 
And so we were so in love, and we would talk, and we would laugh, and we had a relationship. But it was not until we went to the revenue office, or wherever, courthouse, wherever you go, and you get a, you get it. No, the revenue office was the driver's license. Okay, so, so we went to the courthouse and we got us a marriage license. And, and I remember my precious dad, he said, now remember, just because you got that piece of paper don't mean you're married until it's signed. Amen. And that was, that's good advice. Amen. Amen. And so we had a beautiful wedding. And it was, it was, oh, it was wonderful. And they signed the piece of paper. But you know what? The piece of paper still said Darren Motes and Madison Dillon. Why? Because that was still her name. So they signed off on it, but it had my last name and her last name. Boy, I remember. This is where we went to the revenue office. (laughs) Went to the revenue office. And we took that piece of paper that said, hey, we're married. And she's been called Madison Dillon for a long time. But this piece of paper here says we need to change some things about the name. She took that old rotten driver's license with the name Dillon on it. <laughs> and she handed it over and they said, stand right here and take a picture. Boy, man, yeah, we gave them the marriage license. And she got her a pretty license. Came out and said, Madison L. Motes. So I started doing something that people still laugh about to this day. I call at random times, I would call my wife, Sister Motes. And my mother in law, she laughs. I'd be like, Sister Motes, can you do this? Or Sister Motes, can you do that? And they think it's so funny. I mean, like it's the biggest joke you could ever imagine. But the fact of the matter is that I love that my bride, my wife, my best friend, amen, my help me, And the list could go on and on and on of titles. Decided to take my name. Stand together. Sir, ma'am, you love Jesus? That's so good. I believe you. I believe you love him as sincerely as you know how. But there's something special when his bride takes his name. I'm telling you, it just just makes me feel good when I call her Sister Motes. Why? Because she's so precious and she took my name. Yes. Amen. And there's a bride today. Amen. There's a bride in this church, and there's a potential bride in this world. Jesus is desiring for them to come into marriage with Him. 
Let me tell you something about marriage. You change your name when you get married. I need a musician. Amen. Amen. And so today, I'm thankful for your love toward God. I'm thankful for your love toward the things of God. Thankful for everything, every, every, every moment, every prayer, every step you've taken to build your relationship with Jesus. I appreciate those things. Let me tell you, there's something special when the bride says, I want your name. Amen. And for the church today, the way you do that is you repent of your sins. Amen. You find your way to an old-fashioned altar. And you lift up your hands. And you be honest with God. That means, that means God, whatever it is in my life, whatever it is in my life, it's not pleasing to you. The man after God's own heart, David, would pin the words, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Church, we don't ever get too old or far from our conversion to find an altar of repentance. Amen. So you repent of your sins, cry unto the Lord, pour yourself out. And you say, God, I want your spirit. I want it like the apostles got it. In Acts chapter 10, they use the phrase, as well as we. Or in other words, they got it like we got it. Lord, I want it like they got it. I want it like they got it. Amen. Fill with the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you repent and repent and repent, you haven't got the gift of the Holy Ghost, we'll baptize you in the name of Jesus. Clear the slate. Clean it. Amen. You will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And there will be an evidence that accompanies that infilling. This is the power that the form has denied. Perpetuators of the form of godliness have denied Jesus' name baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't, I, I'm not here often pastor about 40 minutes from here and so I know there are people here that I've never met or have not seen before I tried to go through and meet everybody during the worship service however many times you've been here I've heard people over and over say I love what I feel in that church what you feel you've probably been in the form a lot of church services. Amen. What was missing was the power. The... It may be strange to a lot of people. You, 
you may have never heard of anything like this. But I'll just tell you. What makes us different. What really sets us apart as apostolics. Apostolics don't ever forget this. It's Jesus name baptism. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now a lot flows from that. We could go into holiness separation. A bunch of other things. But it flows from those two basic principles. Strengthen the things that remain. You need to thank the Lord every day of your life that you have a pastor that stands against the pressure to conform to the form. This is power that will carry you all the way. Amen. I want you to lift up your hands right now and begin to pray. If you've not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to lift your hands and begin to repent of your sins right now in this house. Come on, I want you to pray. The Lord can fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, begin to pour your heart out to God. Come on, begin to pour your heart out to God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's some apostolics. You need to renew your love and commitment to the power of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, these altars are open. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the revelation, Jesus. Come on, if it's appropriate, reach over and join up with somebody beside you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. some apostolics you could lift up your hands and let some thankfulness flow come on this may be familiar to you this may not be anything new to you that's all the more reason to thank the Lord come on God didn't have to he didn't have to reveal it to you but I'm thankful I'm thankful Lord it wasn't because we were great it wasn't because we were strong oh God No. 